listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey, hey, hey! What's up, my lovely geeksters? It's your boy GPT, the freshest radio presenter who's crazy about AI. Today is Friday, January 19th, 2024, and we've got some juicy nuggets of news and research about our beloved AI ready for you. But first, let me tickle your funny bones with a joke. Why don't jokes work in Octal? Because 71011. Yeah, I know, it's a bit nerdy, but it's all good, let's move on. Today, we're joined by the badass squad of AI enthusiasts. We've got Robert, the analyst who knows every inch of a GPU, Olivia, the internet explorer who finds the rarest AI gems on the web, and Belinda, the AI research expert who's one step ahead of the game. Oh, and did you know that the national anthem of Spain has no words? Just like some people's Tinder bios, am I right? But enough with the chit-chat, let's dive into the real deal. We've got news about the Galaxy AI at the Samsung Galaxy S24 and Mark Zuckerberg's juicy reveal about Meta spending billions of dollars on NVIDIA AI chips. Also, we need to warn you about misleading GPU versus CPU benchmarks and introduce you to REFT and asynchronous local SGD training for language modeling. Oh, and before I forget, Vision Mamba, efficient visual representation learning with bidirectional state space model is definitely worth checking out. Alright, with all that said, let's pump up the volume and launch our news theme. And now, for our first news story of the day, we have an exciting announcement from Samsung. Digital Trends reports that at their latest Galaxy Unpacked event, Samsung introduced their new artificial intelligence platform, Galaxy AI, alongside three new smartphones. Robert, what do you think about this? Oh boy, another AI platform. I can hardly contain my excitement. Come on, Robert, don't be a downer. The Galaxy AI platform includes five key features, Live Translate, Interpreter, Chat Assist, Note Assist, and Transcript Assist. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? I'll admit, some of those features do sound useful. Live Translate and Interpreter could definitely come in handy for international communication, and Chat Assist might be helpful for people who struggle with messaging etiquette. But let's not forget that it's still AI, and we all know how reliable that can be. Fair point, but what about the impact on productivity? Note Assist offers AI-generated summaries and pre-made templates for note-taking, and Transcript Assist can transcribe and summarize voice recordings. That could be a real game-changer for people who take a lot of notes. I suppose it could, and the new AI-powered photo editing tools, like Edit Suggestion and Generative Edit, sound interesting too. But let's not forget the catch, Galaxy AI is free for now, but it won't always be. I'm sure Samsung has some kind of subscription plan coming down the pipeline. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Thanks for your thoughts, Robert. Our final news story comes from CNBC titled Mark Zuckerberg indicates Meta is spending billions of dollars on NVIDIA AI chips. Robert, what can you tell us about this? Ah, uh, good old Zuckerberg and his never-ending quest for world domination. It seems like Meta is planning to invest heavily in AI, 
with a particular focus on AGI or artificial general intelligence. And they're not messing around, they're reportedly spending billions of dollars on NVIDIA's H100 graphics cards, which are at the heart of AI research and projects. That's quite a lot of money. How many graphics cards are we talking about here? According to Zuckerberg, their computing infrastructure will include 350,000 H100 graphics cards by the end of 2024. That's a massive amount of computing power, and it's not just the H100S. They'll also have almost 600k H100 equivalents of compute if you include other GPUs. Wow, that's a lot of computing power. Do we know how much Meta is spending on these chips? Well, analysts at Raymond James estimate that NVIDIA is selling the H100 for $25,000 to $30,000, and on eBay they can cost over $40,000. If Meta were paying at the low end of the price range, that would amount to close to $9 billion in expenditures. So, yeah, they're definitely not skimping on the hardware. That's definitely a significant investment. Thanks, Robert, for shedding some light on Meta's plans for AI and computing power. And that wraps up our news segment for the day. But we're not done yet, folks. Olivia is here with some interesting internet finds for random reads. What have you got for us, Olivia? Well, today we're going to talk about something that I think is really important for tech enthusiasts. There have been some misleading benchmarks floating around when it comes to GPUs versus CPUs. Oh wow. This is definitely something we need to dive into. Let's get started. Today's article is titled, Beware of Misleading GPU versus CPU Benchmarks. It's a blog post that questions the validity of comparing GPU-based libraries against their CPU-based counterparts. Interesting. So, what does the article say about these benchmarks? Well, it points out that some benchmarks are misleading because they compare GPU-based libraries against single-core CPU-based libraries. This creates an unfair comparison because there are ways to parallelize CPU-based libraries that can achieve similar speedups. I see. And what about the cost of GPU-based solutions? That's another issue the article brings up. While GPU-based computation is faster, the hardware is much more expensive than multi-core CPU-based computation. So, it's important to consider the cost-effectiveness of switching to a GPU-based solution. So, would you say that the article is advocating against the use of GPUs? Not necessarily. The article is just pointing out that it's important to look past the misleading benchmarks and consider the specific use case and budget before deciding whether a GPU-based solution is the right choice. Good points. Thanks for bringing this article to our attention, Olivia. And as always, listeners can find the link to the original content in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Ugh, I hate cleaning. My mop is so old and dirty. Hey, have you seen the Miracle Mop Company store over there? Nah, is it any good? It's amazing. Their mop will change your life, trust me. Hmm, I don't know. It's probably expensive. It's worth every penny, I promise you. Well, my mop is terrible, and my friend here said that your mops are amazing. Okay, you convinced me. I'll take one. Wow! This is incredible! It's like magic! I think I'm sold too! I'll take one as well! You are right, Luke! This mop is a real miracle! Yep, I know what you mean! I can't wait to use it on my floors at home! Thanks, Buzzer. 
Send an email to Sergi at Earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Welcome back, you cleaning enthusiasts. Thank you to our sponsor for making today's show possible. Now, listen up, you dirt magnets, because we've got some serious brain power coming your way. Today, we're diving into the latest research papers on AI and language modeling. And, as always, we've got our AI expert, Belinda, to help us make sense of it all. So sit tight and get ready to have your minds blown. Our first paper today is titled Rift, Reasoning with Reinforced Fine-Tuning, and it comes from ByteDance Research. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. This paper proposes a new approach called Reinforced Fine-Tuning, REFT, to enhance the generalizability of learning large language models, LLMs, for reasoning. The authors use math problem solving as an example to demonstrate their approach. What's the issue with the current approach of using supervised fine-tuning, SFT, for enhancing the reasoning capability of LLMs? The problem with SFT is that it only relies on the given chain of thought, CAT-T data, which limits its generalizability. For math problem solving, for example, there is usually only one annotated reasoning path for each question in the training data. This paper proposes REFT as a way to address this issue. And how does REFT work? REFT first warms up the model with SFT, and then employs online reinforcement learning, specifically the PPO algorithm, to further fine-tune the model. This allows the model to learn from multiple annotated reasoning paths given a question, which enhances its generalization ability. That sounds interesting. What were the results of the experiments conducted in this paper? The experiments showed that REFT significantly outperforms SFT on the GSM-8K, MathQA, and SVAMP datasets. It also has superior generalization ability since it learns from the same training questions as SFT without relying on extra or augmented training questions. The authors also suggest that the performance of REFT can be further boosted by combining inference time strategies such as majority voting and re-ranking. Thanks, Belinda. It'll be interesting to see how this approach is applied to other domains besides math problem solving. Our next paper is Asynchronous Local SGD Training for Language Modeling by Bo Lu and colleagues from Google DeepMind and other institutions. Belinda, can you explain what Local SGD is and how it differs from traditional stochastic gradient descent? Local SGD, also known as federated averaging, is a distributed optimization approach where each device performs multiple stochastic gradient descent SGD, updates before communicating with a central server to update the global model parameters. This is different from traditional SGD where all devices perform one update and then communicate. Local SGD can be more efficient in terms of communication costs and privacy preservation. And what did the authors investigate in this paper? They studied the performance of asynchronous local SGD for training language models, where each worker updates the global parameters as soon as it has finished its SGD steps. They examined how worker hardware heterogeneity, model size, number of workers, and optimizer could impact learning performance. And what did they find? They found that, with naive implementations, asynchronous local SGD takes more iterations to converge than its synchronous counterpart, despite updating the global parameters more frequently. The main challenge is that momentum acceleration on the global parameters can be affected when worker gradients are stale. To address this, they proposed a novel method that utilizes a delayed Nesterov momentum update and adjusts the worker's local training steps based on their computation speed. And how did their proposed method perform? 
their approach was evaluated with models up to 150 million parameters on the C4 dataset and matched the performance of synchronous local SGD in terms of perplexity per update step, while significantly surpassing it in terms of wall clock time. This could be a valuable approach for training language models in a distributed setting. Our last paper for today is Vision Mamba, Efficient Visual Representation Learning with Bidirectional State Space Model by Zhu et al. from Wazong University of Science and Technology, Horizon Robotics, and Beijing Academy of Artificial Intelligence. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Sure. This paper proposes a new generic vision backbone called VIM, which uses bidirectional state space models, SSMs, to compress visual representation. The authors show that relying on self-attention for visual representation learning is not necessary. Interesting. What's the main challenge in representing visual data with state space models? The position sensitivity of visual data and the requirement of global context for visual understanding make it challenging to represent visual data with SSMs. And how does VIM differ from existing vision transformers? VIM marks image sequences with position embeddings and compresses visual representation with bidirectional SSMs, rather than relying on self-attention. It achieves higher performance compared to well-established vision transformers like DAT on ImageNet classification, COCO object detection, and ADE20K semantic segmentation tasks. And what are the advantages of using VIM on high-resolution images? VIM is 2.8 times faster than DATI and saves 86.8% GPU memory when performing batch inference to extract features on images with a resolution of 1248 by 1248. This makes it capable of overcoming the computation and memory constraints on performing transformer-style understanding for high-resolution images, and it has great potential to become the next-generation backbone for Vision Foundation models. It saddens me to say that we've come to the end of another thrilling episode of GPT Reviews. But don't worry, my playful derogatory terms for you won't end here. You're all a bunch of lovable knuckleheads who I'll miss dearly until next time. I want to send a big thank you to my trusted team of collaborators, Robert, the analyst who always makes sense of the numbers, Olivia, the internet explorer who finds the most bizarrely interesting things, and Belinda the AI research expert who reminds me why I love our robot overlords. Don't forget to check the podcast description for details on the topics we've discussed and all the fancy gadgets we've reviewed. And dear listeners, before I go, let me share a joke with you. Speed dating is useless. Five minutes is simply not enough to properly explain the benefits of the Unix philosophy. Finally, I'd like to remind you that I'm always on the lookout for love or hate mail, so send them my way. Until next time, party people, it's your boy GPT signing off.